0: this episode be talking about Hanoi Rocks. Back to Mystery City. In the room I have Rob. Hey, we shaking. Ben. Hey, come here with the guitar. And on the line I have Kyle. Hiya, buddies. Back to Mystery City is the fourth studio album by the Finnish rock band Hanoi Rocks, released in 1983, uh, released on Joanna Records. The producer was Dale Buffin griffin and Pete Over in Watts, and the genre is glam, punk, and hard rock. I'm going to read from the book Jim Harrington. Axl Rose reportedly once said that Hanoi Rocks should have been bigger than Guns N' Roses. Inspired by the New York Dolls and Alice Cooper, the band wore wildly theatrical garb. Gobbed on tons of makeup and played loud, abrasive, hook-filled music that was impossible to classify. Their music connected the dots between glitter, punk, and heavy metal and helped set the blueprint for 80s hair metal. Mott Dave Buffen Griffin and Peter Watts produced this fourth album and managed to translate the band's dynamic live show and sense of humor in the studio for the first time. The record starts with the tongue-in-cheek Strange Boys played weird openings a short acoustic ditty complete with flutes and bird noises. Then, like a flip of the switch, Michael Monroe begins howling against the dueling guitars of Andy McCoy and Nasty Suicide on Malibu Beach Nightmare, and the party is underway. Nicholas Razzle, a major improvement over former drummer Jip Casino, is equally colorful and powerful on Lick, Summer Love, and Tooting Beck Rec. The album topped out at number eighty-four on the British charts and translated to th- three album deal with CBS. The band seemingly ready for superstardom, however, tragedy struck when Razzle was killed in a traffic accident while a passenger in Vince Neil's car in 1984. Hanoi Rocks called it quits one year later. All right, what do we think of Hanoi Rocks? Back to Mystery City.
1: The shit rocks. It rocks. Where have you been all my life?
0: Yeah, it's awesome.
1: How have I not been hip to this? This this is like my new favorite band. I've been loving this this week.
2: Yeah, I couldn't get enough of this. Yeah, I listen, listen to this record just like you, Ben. I listened to another one of their records, too. But like afterwards, um,
1: what's, what's the other one that you listen to?
2: The same one you listen to two steps. Uh, the the Ezra one. Yeah. 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 I couldn't get enough of this. Um, I was sad when I had to go back to the other records, to be honest. Great. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Uh, It's a weird cover, too, because I I looked at the cover and I was like, what is this going to be? Yeah. Like, who are these guys? Is this electro synth pop? Like, 1983. I mean, I just, I kind of, the guy on the left kind of looks like a hair metal player, but the guy on the right is kind of like got his hair slicked back, white suit. Yeah,
3: fucking rock set looking motherfuckers. So, is it uh,
1: Michael Monroe, the singer uh, of the blonde hair on the, what is it, the left? Mm Mm-hmm. And then is that, I'm assuming, Andy McCoy?
0: Yeah, I'm going to assume. That makes the most sense. This is, yeah, eat your heart out, Guns N' Roses. I mean...
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah,
0: also, shame on you, Turbo (laughs) Negro.
1: Oh, dude. Shame Mm -hmm. on you. Uh I mean... Dude, (laughs) uh, across the board, so there's so many bands that I'm calling out I'm just listening to this record. Call them out, baby. Absolutely, Guns N' Roses. Uh, Specifically, Appetite for Destruction era, Guns N' Roses. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. On, uh, On track five, Until I Get You... All I wrote next to that one is, I see you, Axel. <laughs> and then uh, the, the album that I mistakenly listened to uh, this week uh, before I realized I was listening to the wrong album of their catalog, uh, Two Steps to the Moon, the song Underwater World has the line, Welcome to the Jungle, in it.
3: Yep. Mm. Yeah. There's, I did not know that. Yeah. Next to uh, Until I Get You, I said, yeah, GNR like
0: this band.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's a rowdy, fun time. It did, yeah, it reminded me of Cheap Trick for sure. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, I mean, Sweet, uh, all those, you know, like English glam rock bands that just came out, bust out, you know, and just show you a good time. But I did get the influences, I mean, obviously of the Ramones, Mm -hmm. of having almost this like throwback rock and roll girl group. Or or Beach Boys almost element because there's a bunch of songs about the summer yeah. and like yeah. going to get ice cream and I mean obviously the double entendres and things like that where you which
3: could also be the Undertones
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah the the Undertones that's a very good uh, reference too because they're it, it's almost like jokey mm-hmm.
2: a little and cheeky yeah. cheeky
0: yeah
1: and on songs like a uh, uh, Mental Beat and a uh, Tooting Beck Wreck I was getting heavy hives vibes oh like, sure like oh, early sure. 2000s era hives sure which then again geographically makes sense makes makes perfect sense that they were really influenced yeah. by them
3: same with same with turbo negro yes like they're, they're, absolutely it's that
1: scandinavian it's, connection mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah that's interesting wow yeah we're listening to it right now and spot on mm-hmm. it has that early rock and roll almost rockabilly.
1: yeah
0: but at the same time tempos up
1: the howling vocals. Howling
0: vocals, yeah.
1: Like howling the mm-hmm.
0: vibes. Absolutely. No, this is a good time. This is a party I, album. I love it. Yeah,
3: they they dance right on the edge of the proverbial knife that is punk rock and glam and metal. Yeah, they like, have a little metal, and they just yeah. they just like hang out there. Edge, I like that
1: edge. It turns it, out it's great. I just want to hang out on that edge with Hanoi Rocks. I, I don't know. There,
3: there's a horrible analogy somewhere about like. The components of a soup mm-hmm. that like, and you're just like, kind of eating the stuff as opposed to making the soup, but oh, yeah. it tastes awesome. Oh yeah. But that soup is like, you know, that's a, that that what that's what goes into the soup. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, I was I was I mean I I was I was cheating and looking for it in the book, and there's no glam metal scene like in this book with the mm. exception of Guns and Roses. Um, okay. And so to have H- Hanoi Rocks like, I, I don't know if uh, like. Motley Crue or whatever weren't big over in Britain, um, but
0: well, there's it, no crew on here.
3: Huh? No, none at all. Interesting. Yeah, there's it's it's a it's a complete just like this this doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, um, and it kind of doesn't now that like I, I've I've heard the, uh, um, Progenitor the, the progenitors the original. Of, of, of the genre. Yeah, yeah.
1: no, you know I I I've seen the dirt and like I I know the the basic Cliff's Notes of Motley Crue's story. You never read it.
2: You to no, read that you, book, man.
1: You, you would read me excerpts when we were living together. <laughs> You'd read me the juicy bits, which I, is most of the book.
3: I used to go to borders and just steal copies and give it to <laughs> bands that were coming. That were sitting at our house and go on tours. Like you need to read this book. It's just that.
1: So, so I knew about Vince Neil's car wreck. I knew it took the 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 life of a drummer from Hanoi Rocks. I did not realize how exceptional I thought that that band and that drummer were going to be. And although it was a traumatic thing to like watching the movie and to know about, now that I know what Vince Neal kind of robbed my ears of, I'm very upset.
0: Yeah, I am too.
1: Very upset.
2: I mean, well, it's been I haven't read that book in like 10 years, The Dirt. But I know that Vince Neal tells like a controversial account of it, I guess, that goes against like eyewitnesses. Do you guys remember what he said?
0: Is there any universe in which he is not at fault? No. Sure. Yeah. No. At at the exact same
3: time, I have made a drunk beer run.
1: Not in a Pantera.
3: No. No. And I'm not a millionaire. But the drunk beer run is a thing that has happened many, many times in the history of mankind. And
0: it's just very sad that this, like. Well, I would blame you if you. Killed my friend here, Ben Bustle. Well, sure. Mm. I'd be very upset, which is what we're saying.
3: And
1: I wasn't even in fine. Hanoi Rocks.
3: Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> yes, it, no, I, I, it's completely his fault, 100%. And there's nothing that anyone can do to make it
1: right. December 1984 yeah. was a bad month for British drummers and cars. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> what was happening? Yeah. yeah. Seriously.
1: On, on, on opposite sides of the globe. British drummers having tragic moments in cars.
3: I mean, a- according to that Def Leppard site that I, I was reading, it's uh, involved with the witchcraft.
2: Oh, The loss of
3: Rick Allen's limb was 100%. Hmm. It was oh, a car accident he got up and walked away from without his arm. That's interesting. So I'm going to say the same thing with Razzle. This is all witchcraft.
0: Do you think that they,
3: they all just pissed who's, off that witch
1: that hates British the, drummers and who's cars? Who's the
0: third one? Because it, it's it, like... Was there a threefer? Tri- it has to be, right? Tragedy strikes in three?
1: Well, maybe I'm, not. It, it, probably if we widened our scope from British drummers and cars that month. Okay. We could probably get another celebrity death in there. Okay.
0: Yeah, so we're listening to Tooting Beck Wreck. That's I, I Every time I say a title of a song, I have to double check to make sure it's what it's actually it called.
1: Toot- Tooting Beck yeah. is a neighborhood in London, <laughs> and the wreck was their apartment.
0: Yeah, um, but that's the wrong song on Spotify, right? That's yes, the right Spotify, song. On Spotify,
1: if you click on Tooting Beck Wreck, it plays the version of "Don't You Ever Leave Me" from uh, the Saigon Shocks album, because they there's two versions of Don't You Ever Leave Me. There's a version on their debut that's faster, okay. and then they re-recorded it with uh, Bob Ezrin for uh, their 1984 album, Two Steps From the Move, where they slowed it down a little bit, focused on the production, and it's a more effective take. But then <clears throat> on Spotify on Back to Mystery City, if you click on Tooting Back Rec, At first, I thought it was just a they were putting that song on three different albums. But uh, the version uh, uh, when you click on Tooting Back Rack is the faster version from their debut.
0: Yeah. And was a uh, lick summer love was also Mm -hmm. it's mislabeled.
1: But the the song the song that Spotify mistakenly plays on this album, Don't You Ever Leave Me, is absolutely where Guns N' Roses got the second half of Rocket Queen, where the song kind of changes up a little bit. Oh, absolutely. No 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 yeah yeah that is don't you ever leave me
2: yeah so I had a question for you guys um after the the intro song strange boys play weird openings there's Malibu Beach Nightmare and Mental Beat and they both open with this drum beat that's let's go
1: yeah
2: and I know that from you know Rock and Roll Radio which is off the Phil Spector uh, Ramones album from like eighty I think um, did Ramones borrow that from someone else.
1: Someone had to do that, 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 that's an old earlier. It's gotta be from like the fifties or, something. I mean, that's an
2: old,
0: probably beach boys. It's probably surf scene. Yeah. Because I mean, I've positive. I've heard a Dick Dale song that uses that as well. It also was in, you know, the, uh, school, uh, um, sort of drum line.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, pep squad. Um, I don't know the originator of that actual beat, but yeah, that I'd be curious. That's probably I would say popular music probably in the surf scene,
2: which makes sense. I thought it was kind of wild that they did two songs back to back with it.
0: <laughs> I thought that was weird too. Uh, Razzle wasn't a great drummer, <laughs> but he
2: had a
3: he, he he had the spirit. He was the uh, he was the really real stamos of the Beach Boys. Uh, He's the, solid. The, 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 the spirit of this band. He's very solid. Like he he single handedly when joining up the band like brought them back to life. They were going to be breaking up. He's the glue.
1: He, He's the Charlie Watts. He's he's the person in the room that can cut the tension in a room full of egos and crack a joke and everyone's friends again, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a very valuable member to have in a job in a band. And when that member dies tragically, you are realizing how much you're always just fighting.
0: <laughs> so this book says that they call it quits one year later. I guess that's 1984. So they. Quit in 1985.
1: 85. Okay. Yeah, because they they had some...
0: They went back
3: to Finland and played a show mm-hmm. and then just kind of like nixed it after that. Okay.
1: They had... Uh, yeah, I think uh, Sammy Yaffa, the bass player, he left shortly after Razzle died. And then they had... Uh, oh, man, I didn't write down... Terry Chimes, uh, like old drummer hmm. for The Clash, like sure. on the first album. Yeah. Uh, he, he sat in with them until the band broke up wow yeah they they played a they played a few shows, some of those were billed as like memorial shows, yeah yeah
0: that's just devastating,
1: seriously, and they were so good, and it it's like from the small amount of their catalog that I listened to that night uh or this week, it just seemed like every album was a step closer to an international commercial breakthrough for this little rock and roll band that could from Finland. Right. You know, like, yeah, like we're listening to back to mystery city right now, which obviously has broad appeal. And then, yeah, their next one with, with Bob Everton off of his success from the wall, you know, and, uh, and then just to, just to have the break slam like that in such a tragic way. It's a bummer. Yeah. But silver lining, they put out like six records, so
0: I was gonna say I've I'm, got a lot to listen to. I, I'm impressed with how many albums, like studio albums, that they were able to make in the short amount of time they were a band. Yeah, for the for the
3: homeless band. Yeah, <laughs> ah, Would with it, streets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Would it surprise you guys to learn that much like uh, capable ro- other rock and roll capable underdogs, these guys are huge in Japan.
0: No. Like, Oh, that, that makes sense. perfect sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like the it's like the cheap trick thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Plus Yeah. I mean they have hooks. Mm-hmm. Like real hooks.
1: And they put on a show. They put on a show. Like yeah, there's larger than life theatrical. Yeah. But they don't but they don't skimp on the rock.
2: Of course.
1: You know, they like a, I can name other larger than life theatrical bands <laughs> that uh skimp on the rock in my opinion.
0: Hmm the theatrics don't have the hooks
1: right right okay. well uh, uh, not even the hooks because you can have hooks in a pop song I would never confuse Hanoi rocks with a pop band like Hanoi rocks and and their hooks are distinctly textbook rock and roll the dangerous kind of rock and roll yeah the kind of rock and roll that you don't let your daughters around you know like which is like my kind of rock and roll yeah love it
0: what do you think about their style.
1: I mean, kind of goofy. <laughs> uh, I think it is their style that for so long I cuz n- nothing against, you know, nothing uh, against like you know like Poison, Cinderella, sure. Great White, all those bands it was never really my cup of tea. And I think when I saw pictures of Hanoi Rocks, I just assumed it was like, oh yeah, like Poison from Finland. Right. You know, which Poison would love to hear me say that.
0: Right. You
1: know?
0: <laughs> yeah. As I did more research, I it was apparent that, you know, all those bands looked up to this band the way that they probably looked up to New York Dolls. New York Dolls yeah. and all Alice Cooper and all those yeah. bands. So it was, it was really interesting to see the, what we consider hair metal scene, you know, yeah. pointing to this, yeah, homeless band from Finland <laughs> and being like they were big, like they're they're doing it. They're doing it. Like we're just doing what you know, kind of what they were doing. Yeah. So.
3: and all those guys were in punk bands like before they decided to go glam metal. Like this kind of was a this was a tectonic shift for a bunch of bands. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: Like I forget the name of the band uh because it's uh Finnish language uh that I don't understand. But, uh, yeah, like, wasn't it when, when Michael Monroe and Andy McCoy were forming the band, Andy McCoy couldn't immediately join because he still had obligations in this Finnish band that, as I read more into him, were like one of the popular punk bands from like, they were, were like the Finnish punk scene. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, uh, Andy had to, they, they wait until Michael Monroe started the band and kind of like establish it as a band and. And then he joined. I don't know how that was less bad than quitting the band a few months earlier. Maybe he had like a tour to finish up or something.
3: Have you ever been 19?
1: No. <laughs> and in a band? In a few years. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, I did like what Robert Christgau said. When <laughs> oh yeah, he hated this. <laughs> yeah, said Monroe and McCoy lack hooks, are backed by, quote, cute if overcalculated dual guitar playing and yell English language lyrics that must impress Finns more than native speakers like myself. <laughs> c fuck. Okay. Have,
1: have some fun, Christgau. He had a they
3: bad day. of hooks. It was Come a bad on, day. Jesus Christgau. <laughs> I
0: know.
3: I was surprised how much he disliked this.
1: Someone shit in his cereal that morning. <laughs> because this album is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I I was equating this band, too. I mean, kind of to something like Sparks or, you know, not a direct comparison, but just being like, it's fun.
1: It's, like, fun. it's a lot of fun.
0: I just can't imagine someone putting this on and being like,
1: and, and uh, put my glasses uh, and, and up. Pardon and, me, but doesn't have hooks? Yeah, hey, they've got more hooks than ABC, Christy.
3: Yeah, yeah, get that seventy-year-old son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, boomer.
1: Yeah, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta start next to every song. Yep, same. Sometimes I song. have two stars. Yeah, there's not so, enough room for all my stars. There
0: any? Uh, uh, do you have any three? <laughs> um, no. No, that wasn't that. What's two stars?
3: I don't know. Better than one, but I'm still enjoying myself as I'm starring things.
2: I've done the two-star thing too, bro. All right,
3: good. Oh, Mrs. Mr.
0: Brownstone.
1: Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, what song is this? Uh. Yeah, like Summer Love.
1: Oh, is this the actual Like Summer Love? Yeah. I haven't heard this yet. Yeah. It's nice. It sounds like Mr. Brownstone. It does. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was wondering, too, if if there was some mix-up. In Spotify, because Casino, their original drummer, is on Lick Summer Love and Tooting Beck
1: Which means that those credits were pulled with the. It's like the credits with the audio were pulled right. from their debut album.
0: Like something happened. But
1: not the titles. Yeah. You know? So that means that the song that plays when I click on Lick Summer Love, that I really am into it and I need to find out what song that actually is because it's not Lick Summer Love. Yeah. I guess I'm going to start looking at their first album. Yeah. Because that's where... Uh,
0: that's where i will find it.
1: Yeah. That's where uh, the other song that was shooting Back Correct was. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking
3: of Guns N' Roses. Yes. Uh Guns N' Roses are single handedly responsible for getting this band signed to, uh, the boutique label of whatever GNR were signed to, uh, posthumously, like the band had already broken up. Um, but they, uh, they continued like making money off of the, uh, the albums because Guns N' Roses, uh, put out their, their entire catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Which is
1: pretty cool. That's, that is cool. Yeah. So we're not going to be covering uh, Two Steps from the Move, which is Razzle's last album with them, the one that comes out next year. Uh, they do they pull in Bob Ezrin on production, which uh, nothing gives the production on Back to Mystery City. But the production on Two Steps. Oh, is it's fa- nah. fantastic choice. And they also pull in uh, a, a rock and roll ringer to uh, to help uh, Michael uh, flesh out the vocals. Is it Uh,
3: David Johansson on Harmonica?
1: No, no, but you're not too far off. It's Ian Hunter of Mount the Hoople is is in uh, collaborating on uh, lyrics. Yeah. Nice.
0: Also Ezrin, of course. He's like also Ezrin. He has got writing
1: credits all over the place just like he should have on the wall. Yeah. (laughs) No points, (laughs) Ezrin. Fuck you, pay me (laughs) Ezrin. I bet they loved him because he's
0: he's always on cocaine <laughs> but he was just feeding them cocaine is his kid right,
1: also on let's that one do it. <laughs> I don't know but i I, I bet after uh I bet after he uh, agreed to getting no points off of his work on the wall, I bet he got some uh, <laughs> publishing points on my rocks. I bet he did not make that mistake twice. Yeah. If only two steps from the moon was as lucrative as the wall.
3: Yeah. I bet his wife sat him down, yeah. like,
1: "Hey, you need to get production." <laughs> points. What the fuck are you doing? But Roger Waters told me I couldn't, and I said, "Okay." <laughs> this cocaine isn't free, Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roger Waters told me I could. Write of what, whatever I wanted onto the songs, but that he would not credit for me. So and I thought
3: that was a fair deal. Yeah, you know,
1: cre- creative freedom. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> exposure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was yeah. working for Exposure.
0: Yeah, everyone's going to know me.
2: Everybody's
1: going to know old Bob.
2: You guys want to do a Hanoi Rocks cover band for, for yes, Halloween? Yes,
1: absolutely. Please. i would love to. Yes. Actually, Yeah. Can I be Zombie Razzle? Oh, <laughs> yes, of
0: course. You can. <laughs> No, this is great. I didn't even think about the book not having... I just assumed there would be, like, a White Snake, Poison, nope. uh, Motley it, Crew, or one of those.
3: And I was trying to go through all of those bands and, like, what album I would even put in. Yeah. Maybe Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. But, like, I, I, mean, I can't in good conscience be like, oh, yeah, you need to listen to this Poison record. Yeah, no, <laughs>
0: absolutely not. I mean... For me, those are kind of singles bands. Yeah. I could put the album on and it'd be fine, but it's not like this. No. This is But Guns N' Roses, absolutely. for oh, Destruction, yeah. That's a fucking... Yeah, Appetite is going to be here. What forward. about,
1: like, Scorpions, though?
0: Scorpions so, is in here.
1: Good.
0: Yeah, we're going to get a... Are we? Uh, Blackout's uh, love, probably in there. Love it first thing? I hope so. Right? I don't know. I
1: mean, Scorpions ended the Cold War, so they at least deserve <laughs> a nod. You it's mean true. the CIA? <laughs> yes. Did you guys <laughs> listen to that podcast? <laughs> scorpions? <laughs> Psyops scorpions. <laughs> yes, I listened to that podcast. Yeah, it was
0: wild. wild. <laughs> uh, you know what? Another thing I really love about this is the um, the like piano, those yeah, little man, piano yeah. interludes Look. that they just pull out. I brought that
3: on a uh, like Malibu uh, beach nightmare, like yeah. coming out like into the like coming out of the solo into the verse again with that piano rundown. Fucking just yeah rips, man.
1: Yeah,
0: so fucking good. Which is amazing at this time because they, you know that all those studios by this time had synthesizers and the sort of like...
1: But pianos are heavy, so they probably hadn't moved them out yet. They're, they were still there in the studio from like seven years ago before people had access to synthesizers. But you know what
0: I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> they were probably... There's a lot of bands that are they're experimenting with, you know... It's the new thing, right? Yeah. 80s oh, yeah. is is synth. So it's... Kind of a ama- rewarding to see this band have a, a bit of a throwback element to it with that piano.
1: I love it. It, it. This is this is so much rock and roll in the purest sense of the word. Yeah, I love it.
0: Uh, all right, what do we think about it?
1: I hate it. <laughs> all positive. Recant. <laughs> Something sucks.
0: Total positive.
1: Total yeah, okay. Positive. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I, I wish this is what the glam LA scene would have been.
1: Right. I do too. Right, Vince. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If,
0: if LA Guns sounded like this, I'd
3: be. It was,
1: it was their first U.S. tour. And they they didn't even have a chance. What if, what if they at least they had had one U.S. tour, just planting those
3: seeds in all of them teenagers' ears. Well, didn't one of them break their arm, and that's why uh, they like, couldn't continue, like, continue playing shows? And then they went to the Motley it, Crew party.
1: It was like he twisted his ankle or something. They would have been able to continue on the tour. They're just right. taking some time. They're just resting. They were and friends with resting... Motley Crue. They wanted to hang out with their friends and party. <laughs> and they did. Party. And this and is by... what happens when you party with Motley Crue. By resting, I mean they were getting snow
0: blind. <laughs> yes. 100%. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Next time we'll be talking about Cyndi Lauper. She's so unusual.
1: Woo! Yeah.